When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This portion of Grassroots Marketing on location on Cannabis Radio is presented by Norick Risk. Creating unique insurance solutions for the hemp and cannabis industry is a passion of Norick Risk. Rooted in over 100 years' experience, placing custom extra-large insurance programs worldwide. Learn more at N-O-R-I-C-K-Risk.com. CannabisRadio.com presents Grassroots Marketing on Location. Featuring exclusive one-on-one interviews with those impacting and evolving the cannabis industry. Now, let's go on location to the 2016 NCIA Cannabis Business Summit in Oakland, California. Welcome back to Oakland. I'm Radical Russ live here at the Marriott downtown in Oakland. And we're here with Lauren Vasquez, my fired up lawyer and a representative here from the Adult Use of Marijuana Act. Lauren, welcome back. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming out to NCIA. Joining us here in Oakland. Glad to be back in the Bay Area and always good to see you. So we've got the Adult Use of Marijuana Act. Looks like it's going to be on the ballot. And Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom here was here yesterday making an impassioned plea for the investors and the big money types here to understand that Sean Parker ain't going to fund the whole damn thing. So tell us a little bit about the funding and the fundraising for the Adult Use Act. Sure. It takes a lot of money here in California to run an initiative due to the extensive costs of signature gathering, the media that has to be paid for. And of course, we're a large state, so any kind of advocating here takes a lot of time and money. And so we have our tried and true supporters here in drug policy, groups like the Marijuana Policy Project, Drug Policy Alliance, who've worked with donors who funded our movement for years now. So they are a part of the coalition that is funding our initiative here in California. Of course, we have a couple of other groups of donors that really come from the philanthropy side of things, not so much the industry. And and that's really what Gavin was emphasizing, that these folks, they've been donating 
for years and they've got other issues that they want to move on to now that they've seen the success of this industry and the money coming in. And so while they're backing away, the industry needs to step up and take their place and, and start funding this. So I hope they heeded Gavin's words yesterday. And you would think that they could see it from their own enlightened self-interest that there won't be that $20, $30 billion market to play in if we don't legalize it. Sure, sure. There is this feeling of inevitability that it's just going to happen. And and we know with cannabis that nothing's inevitable. We went from an an impossibility just a few years ago. It can't be inevitable by now. That's way too quickly. And so, you know, we've seen in the past with corporations how they don't see how some of these things do affect their bottom line, like sustainability and economic justice and worker protections that in the long run do help their businesses. Mm So, This industry needs to learn that this industry is politics, and if they're not supporting it, their business isn't going to succeed, isn't going to thrive, might not even be. Yeah, I know in the last election cycle, 2014, I did two or three business events in Florida, and everybody was all high on the poll numbers. It's 80% in the polls. It's so high in the polls. It's inevitable. Of course, they needed 60% in Florida. And then the next thing you know, Sheldon Adelson shows up, the Nevada casino billionaire, drops $4.5 million into attack ads, and they lose with 58%. Is there a fear that that big money is showing up? Because, I mean, California is Waterloo for prohibition here. Do you have a feeling that that big money is going to come to oppose us? Well, we've already started seeing some of the police chiefs and the usual suspects organizing against us. And so for them, it is the matter of just getting one or two big funders to fund what they want to do in their opposition campaign. It will take a lot of money. You know, those donors will have to give big, but they do have a lot of traction and can earn a lot of media being the police chiefs. And so we do have to prepare for the worst. We have to anticipate that the opposition will be well-funded, will be sophisticated, will be credible to the people that they're trying to reach. And so the money is what talks here. And so we need to make sure our war chest is bigger than theirs. Here in the Bay Area of California, obviously marijuana is very popular, the northern Emerald Triangle and somewhat in Southern California. But California is big, as you mentioned, and there's a lot of places that aren't so fond of cannabis. What are your similar messaging techniques to those more reticent Californians as to why this is in their best interest? Well, some of those places is where I grew up. Uh, <laughs> so I am a Californian by birth, but it doesn't necessarily mean we all grew up in San Francisco and, yeah. you know, such enlightened folks. And I, I grew up in Ventura County, and the Ventura County chief has decided to be the face of the opposition okay. and that he's going to make his name off of this. And it's unfortunate because there is a lot of uh, use of marijuana by young people in communities like that, suburbia, where parents are worried about keeping their kids safe and they think taking drugs off of the streets is, is going to help do that, except they think that's by banning it. Right. And so we've got to reach these folks and let them know the marijuana's there. Trust me, I know. I grew up there. It's here. <laughs> it's being grown there. And it's a matter of taking it off the streets by regulating it and yeah. putting it into stores and requiring ID checks and just making it less accessible. You know, the Adult Use of Marijuana Act does have a 21-age year limit for people to be able to purchase. It does, however, not criminalize young people. If you are under 18 and you do 
decide that you're going to break the rules. It's not going to be a lifelong mark on your permanent record. It will be community service, drug education, and treatment if necessary. And, you know, letting these kids know, hey, you might think it's fun, but there are consequences to this. And if you're going to do anything, do it safely. And the tax money is also going to go to fund that stuff. So, you know, we, we don't want to be criminalizing the young people, but we do want to make sure 21 and up so that we leave that buffer. And parents, they know if you've got a 19-year-old brother who can go to the pot store, sure. the 16-year-olds will get it. And the 21-year-olds, they take that responsibility a little bit more. So it'll prevent some of the diversion, take the weed off of the streets, and they'll start checking ID. And it'll be tested. So if the, the kids happen to get it, at least it's not something from the black market that maybe had something sprayed on it or was grown with really dangerous pesticides or is a brownie their friend made that's, you know, just not quite up to par. So in in the long run, it's regulation that keeps our kids safe. And reaching out to those communities with that message is is really what's going to move them because they're just afraid for their children and any parent would be. And I'm sure this task is a whole lot easier given the latest data coming from Colorado showing, yeah, first, I think Christopher Ingraham from the Washington Post pointed this out that, you know, we first said we're going to legalize and we showed them the national figures and nationally kids weren't using more. And they said, oh, you got to look at Colorado. It's like, okay. So the Colorado figures came out and the kids weren't using anymore. And they said, oh, well, you got to look at the 11th and 12th grade. And so now the 11th and 12th grade figures have come out and they haven't gone up any. And now they're saying, well, you're not looking at the right years. It's like they're running, as Ingraham said, they're running out of cherries to pick. (laughs) So is this information now making its way into your campaign and helping to, is it working? Is it allaying the fears of some of these parents? It it is really new. It's uh, it's just coming out. But just, you know, when the media does spread that kind of information, does help get the facts out there, the research, what it's shown, the positive effects of vending prohibition. It is, of course, a great advocating tool. And mostly at the local level with the police chiefs who are saying your kids are going to have access to drugs, people will be committing DUIs, and they'll be dangerous on the roads. When we can show them facts, that's the best tool we have. You know, we see, speaking of polling and such, we see consistently, and not just California, around the country, lower support for legalization among women and Hispanics. And I've got you here to address the question, too. So what is some of the messaging that's going to help get through to women and to Latino communities that this is in their best interest as well? You know, a lot of women, at least my age right now, there's this trend and we're educated, we have careers and we don't have children and we maybe use cannabis or don't, but we see from a perspective of maybe we shouldn't be putting our friends and family in jail. And that message, it's almost... A lot of women, we've got it. Um, But then you have women who are parents, and no doubt that instinct kicks in, and you just want to protect them. So, again, it's turning them away from that knee-jerk reaction of ban it, put people in jail, to the, oh, if we actually regulate this, we will be keeping our kids safer. With the Hispanics, it's a lot different. You know, with my family, just very conservative, religious, the Mm -hmm. grandparents, hardcore, and they don't want their kids using drugs. One, because they still think it's medically dangerous, and two, the criminal justice aspects. And they're already worried about their kids getting in trouble and getting involved in the wrong things, the wrong folks, and just very worried and, and wanting to be very sheltered and maybe not necessarily getting access to the right information. So, you know, the outreach to the Hispanic communities is vital. 
And then there is the connection to the drug war in, in Mexico. And, you know, Mexicans in Southern California who have family members sure. uh, in Mexico suffering, family members who they've lost in the violence, they are getting it. And Mexico making their changes in cannabis policy is actually reflecting on us here in California now, mm. helping us with our initiative, which, of course, in the end will help them as well. So, again, the knee-jerk reactions of this is bad, let's ban it, to this is bad, but if we give the power to the, the government, the police... They will target the wrong people, and we're those people. And so it's an unfair prohibition. And also a little bit on the just the cannabis education, you know, there's still, they've got the reefer madness a little yeah. bit. At least my grandparents. <laughs> that might take a while. Yeah, yeah. But the younger generations are definitely on it. One issue with the Latinos especially is just the right to vote. If you're an immigrant, you might not have been naturalized, you can't vote. If you're undocumented and you can't vote, my father's been here for 60 years. He's still not a citizen, can't vote, no matter what uh, he thinks on this issue. It doesn't matter. Thankfully, he does support it. <laughs> he also supports Trump, though, so it's a good thing he can't <laughs> vote. We don't, we don't need his well, vote. <laughs> I'm going to wrap my ma- mind around Latinos for Trump for a second. Latino Hold on. immigrants, oh. non-citizens for Trump. <laughs> I, gotta work. I don't think I can smoke enough weed that's to get That's a whole that. other episode. <laughs> I got weed strong enough to yeah, figure that out. Yeah, that's there. But no, the... The women and the Latinos, just like any community, once they get the accurate information, we're on board. Right on, right on. And speaking of incomprehensible policy positions, there are people here in California that smoke marijuana, smoke a whole lot of it, and they will tell me that this is not true legalization. It's a monopoly scheme that's only going to put more people in jail and somehow take away my birthday. So for those people out there that are part of our tribe, the cannabis consumers that have these notions about what Alma is and how it's some sort of hidden plan to destroy the world, can you allay some of those fears? Sure, sure. This is definitely not the last step in this process for us. This is just one of many that have come before and one of many that will come after. And there's always a lot to be worked out in policy. Compromises have to be made. And so this is the initiative that we have, and it's going to do a lot of good. And it does reduce criminal penalties. And folks are confused thinking that it does raise them in some categories, and it does not. It also doesn't create any new crimes like some folks are worried about. And it also also doesn't affect Prop 215 because it really is just focused on the adult non-medical market. So the regulations affect that. And in California, those of us who are concerned about patients and their access and the small farmers and what's going to happen in the next couple of years, we really should be focusing on MRSA, the Medical Marijuana Regulation and Safety Act, which did amend Prop 215 Mm -hmm. in what I think is an unconstitutional manner. And it did throw out the collective and cooperative system that protects the small growers and allows the patients access to an affordable source of medicine, not a dispensary retail markup price, but direct from farmer prices. And so really a lot of that passion I I wish would be directed towards MRSA instead. So there's a misdirection by some people. They're identifying the wrong enemy. Absolutely. And MRSA can still be fixed. There's implementing legislation. There's the bureau that's developing regulations and they're taking our input. And whatever comes up with MRSA, all these details they work out, is going to mirror that. And so right now we have the ability to affect it, to change it, to mold it, to be what we want it to be, the best that it can be. 
And so really the, the focus of AMA is the social justice, the racial justice aspects, and ending prohibition so we can keep people out of jail. So it focuses on the criminal repeals. It focuses on putting the tax money in the right places. It lets people expunge their records. It will release people if the crime they're charged with is no longer a crime. And most importantly, it will restore the Fourth Amendment by obliterating the plain smell yeah. exception to the warrant requirement. And that plain smell is subjective, and it's used disproportionately against young people of color. Almost specifically states cannabis is not contraband. It's no longer grounds for a search. Yeah. And so thousands of people who've been illegally legally stopped and searched will no longer be subject to that. And so we will restore our rights for everyone, but especially bring protections back to our people of color who have been targeted in this war. Yep. Just in time for the police departments to start working under this new Supreme Court ruling that allows them to search people if they have a traffic ticket. Unbelievable. (laughs) Unbelievable. It's pretty sad the way things are going, but this would be do a lot to restore some of that and a lot to to change the precedents that have been based on it as well. So we've seen this happen in other states. Arizona had a ruling medical marijuana is not contraband, not basis for a search. And I think that will be the biggest change. And we have to look at the big picture and where's the most harm being done in marijuana prohibition. All right, let's stop that right now. And then we'll work on how can we make a great industry? How can we make sure we have the best cannabis available? How can we make sure California is the center of the cannabis universe? Let's get our folks out of jail first. Right on. Lauren Vasquez from the Adult Use of Marijuana Act. Let's give people the websites and Twitters and all that information they need. We are Let's Get It Right, CA.com. So it's Let's Get It Right, CA.com. Same thing on Facebook and Twitter. Um, you can also go to AUMA2016.com, AUMA2016.com. This is a site put up by Mickey Norris and Chris Conrad. It's got a great version of the initiative with a table of contents you can skip to. You can do a page search for whatever it is you want to find, and it makes it really easy to go through and do some of the fact-checking that folks need to do. And how about for Lauren Vasquez, if people want to get in touch with you? I am the Fired Up Lawyer, so Google me. It's FiredUpLawyer.com. I'll be there. Fired Up Lawyer on Twitter and Facebook. And if anybody wants to reach out to me about the initiative, please do. All right. Let's get it right, California. Let's get this passed and start toppling the dominoes across the rest of this country. You know, it's not Florida's turn. It's not Texas's turn until it's California's turn. If you want it legal in your state, start uh, getting in touch with the friends and family you have in California. Make sure they're registered to vote. Make sure they vote for the Adult Use of Marijuana Act. Lauren, great to see you again. Thank you, Russ. All right. Stay tuned. We got more here from the National Cannabis Industry Association's Cannabis Business Summit when we return here live from Oakland, California. Thank you for listening to this edition of Grassroots Marketing on location, only on CannabisRadio.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.